This sometimes happens. Phrases in those songs catch my eye. Take my heart. What does it say your heart is? His royal throne. Hmm. Does that provoke thought? Take my heart. It is thy royal throne. Take your Bibles. Turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes in chapter 7. Ecclesiastes and chapter 7, and this is a preliminary before we get into our message. The thought came to my mind, and I want to share this verse with you to think on. Come all over. Really give it some thought. And you might say, particularly surrounding this time of year. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 1. A good name is better than precious ointment. Two things he gives us to think about here. The thought centered on the second thought that he gives us. And the day of death than the day of one's birth. The day of death is better than the day of one's birth. Take that verse with you. Think about it. Mull it over. All right. Getting back into our studies on the fall and depravity of man, I think this is the sixth sermon, if I'm not mistaken, on the fall and depravity of man, where we state that we believe that man was originally created, upright, finitely perfect, but by voluntary transgression, he fell from his happy and holy state, in consequence of which disobedience and threatened death was then and there inflicted. And he totally lost all spiritual life, becoming dead in trespasses and sins, and becoming subject to the power of the devil, that sin of Adam was imputed to his entire race. All came from Adam. One blood. Acts 17. That the corrupt nature has been transmitted to all his posterity by ordinary generation, by the means of ordinary generation, the process of birth. Adam and Eve gave birth to sons and daughters. They inherited 
the same nature, the likeness of Adam, that sin nature. And hence, every desire of every descendant of Adam is by nature a child of wrath, totally destitute of spiritual life, at enmity with God, wholly inclined to evil, that is, he's totally depraved, without strength, without hope, unless saved by Christ and made alive by the Holy Spirit. Last week we spent the week on the subject of total depravity, that is, the statement said, wholly inclined to evil. That means entirely. No part of him that is not inclined to do evil. Right after that, we make the statement that he's without strength. Man, born of Adam, is without strength. Turn with me to Romans, the book of Romans in chapter 5, where we find that exact phrase. Verse 6 of the fifth chapter said, For when we were yet without strength, of which all men are, all the descendants of Adam. When Adam fell in sin, he became, as the word means, without strength, he became feeble. He became impotent, unable to do anything for himself, unable to help his condition. We've seen the fact in creation, we've seen the fact in, in the fall, when he fell, that he tried to do something to help his condition. He tried to cover his nakedness with the works of his hands. But it wasn't sufficient for God. Why? Because he was impotent. He was unable to fix the condition that he was in, found himself in. And so every posterity of Adam, all the seed of Adam, which is all mankind, are born in the same condition. They're born feeble. They're born impotent. Without any ability to do anything. To help themselves. Turn with me. The book of Ezekiel. 
we have in God's message to Ezekiel and in the 16th chapter we have a good illustration of what Romans 5, 6 was talking about when it said we were without strength. Great picture that we have. And yes, this was this was concerning Israel, but yes, this is concerning every individual born of Adam. And every individual that God set his love on is in this very condition that we find here in Ezekiel chapter 16 and in verse 4. And as for thy nativity, as for thy birth, in the day thou wast born, thy navel was not... Let me stop right there. In the day thou wast born, let me ask you, we are all babies. But what is that baby, that newborn baby, what is that baby able to do for itself? It is absolutely able to do nothing for itself. It is totally dependent on another to help their condition. If, if no one cares for that baby, if no one loves that baby, that baby is going to die. Plain and simple. It's dead. Unless somebody cares for it. And as for thy nativity, in the day thou wast born, thy navel was not cut, neither was was uh, thou washed in water to supple thee? Thou wast not salted at all, nor swaddled at all. None I pity thee to do any of these unto thee, to have compassion upon thee. But thou wast cast out in the open field to the loathing of thy person in the day that thou wast born. No one cared for this baby. No one cared about it at all. It was, it was dead. As good as dead. And when I passed by thee and saw thee polluted in thine own blood, polluted in thine own blood, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. Yea, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. <laughs> you see, someone, someone came along and took dead baby 
was, it was as good a death. I mean, it hadn't been cared for from the time it was born. And it was cast into the field. It was dead. But we cared for it. Came along and said, live. That is a picture of, of the condition that God said that Israel was in. That is the picture of the condition of every man born of the seed of Adam, of which we all are guilty. We're all born of that one blood, the blood of Adam. Turn with me now to the Gospels. The book of Luke. The book of Luke in chapter 13. And as you follow the Lord Jesus Christ through the Gospels, there's many of the individuals that he came upon and the miracles that he wrought in their lives which depict the condition of the sinner. This is one such. The book of Luke, chapter 13, and verse 11. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years <laughs> and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. <laughs> she was in a hopeless and helpless condition. She was impotent. She was without any strength to do anything for herself, to help herself, help her condition at all. She needed someone to come along. A picture of, of man in we're in this infirmity. We're in it a long time. We could say this woman was at 18 years of age when the Lord caused her to pass from death unto life. Caused her to live. <laughs> but before that, she could do nothing for herself. In no wise lift up herself. She just could not do it. It was an impossibility. And so it is an impossibility for every man born of Adam. We have another one in, in the book of John, and I, I thought of this uh, as I was studying, I didn't mark it down, but John chapter 4, remember the noble man? Remember the noble man's son? And that son was in a helpless condition. Probably that noble man had been, been being a noble man, being uh, one in, in the king's court. He'd probably been to, to all the famous doctors, all the great healers of his day, and none could help his son's condition. His son was dying. His son was dead. And he, he heard that Jesus was back in Galilee. And he, and he took off to Nazareth. See Jesus. Jesus could help 
He didn't know a two-day journey or three-day journey to get to Jesus, where Jesus was. He didn't know when he got arrived to Jesus whether his son was still alive or not. But he knew Jesus could help. The condition of that son is a picture of every one of us born of Adam before God by his marvelous grace and through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, saves us, gives us life eternal. The book of John Five and and having uh, being in the book of John chapter five on Sunday mornings now and 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 remember first studies when Jesus came to the pool of Bethesda, what who did he pick out there? One man of the multitude of people in five porches around the pool. Five porches were full of impotent folk, and he picks out one impotent man that could do nothing, was unable to do anything. And he said, I, I can't do anything for myself, and I have no one to put me down into the water when they're troubled. Jesus sought out that one man, made him whole, and gave him life the condition that he was in before that. Also, the book of John chapter 15, a popular verse that you hear read often. Jesus speaking to his church. And so what he speaks here to his church is true concerning his church. He said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. The church without him can do nothing. And so it is, it is true of every man born of Adam. They can do nothing without Christ. As we, as we learned on Sunday morning and just this morning and last week, they can, they can do nothing without Christ. They can do nothing without the one, the giver of life. They are dead in trespasses and sins without the giver of life. And so he said, he can, without me, he can do nothing. As we said, he's speaking to his church. And the church can't do anything without the Lord Jesus Christ. We better make sure we're following the Lord Jesus Christ, church. Because if we're not, <laughs> he's not helping us. And we can do nothing. Without him, that is, to his honor and glory. It must be done in Christ. It must be done according to his word. It must be done according to his commandments. And as we said, every man born into the world 
can do nothing of himself. He must have Christ, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not only are those born of Adam without strength, they're without hope. They have no hope. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians in chapter 2 and verse 12 where we read these words. That at that time ye were you see these are individuals that now have been made alive but, but in time past they were without Christ being alien from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise having no hope. No hope. They're, they're in a hopeless condition. They have not hope of eternal life. They don't have hope of, of ever seeing the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, what makes fallen man in his natural condition what makes him think he wants Jesus Christ well because he knows of the alternative he knows he knows of heaven and he knows of hell and well, of course nobody in their right mind wants to go to hell but without Christ they're without hope seeing Christ, they're uh, uh, without hope of being with Christ. No hope of being with Him. Look with me at 1 Thessalonians. The book of 1 Thessalonians in chapter 4 and this passage of Scripture we're often uh, here read and concerning the rapture of the saints. But we're not talking about the rapture of saints today. We're talking about those with no hope. So, what does this 13th verse of chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians say. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, Paul calls them brothers and sisters in Christ. They're saints. They have Christ. They have life. But I would not have you not to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, those which have their bodies are now sleeping in the grave, resting in the grave. We say dead. <laughs> the, the body has deceased. The soul has deceased from the body. That ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. He's talking about the lost. He's talking about those yet in their natural condition. 
which every man born of Adam is in that condition until he is given life by the Lord Jesus Christ, which these at, at Thessalonica had been given life. And he's now instructing them concerning those that have died and gone on. Don't sorrow for them when they die. Don't sorrow for them as those that sorrow out here that because they have no hope. Their loved one had no hope of, of seeing Christ, no hope of being with Christ, and, and, and they themselves have no hope of ever seeing them again, and they themselves have no hope of ever being with Christ in heaven. Their only expectation is to spend eternity in the lake of fire. He says, I want you to, in comparison, think on, think on this thought. When he said that we were have no hope, meaning that now, now we have hope. Uh, we can go back to uh, the passage in, in Romans chapter 5, uh, the verse preceding the verse we read, uh, verse 5 of Romans chapter 5, it says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is set abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. We, we're, so we're said now to, to have hope. Now that we're in Christ, now that we're made alive and in Christ, we have hope. Well, what is, what is our hope? What is our expectation? We've, we've touched upon it. Those that, that, those that are yet without hope have no hope. They have no hope or expectation of, of seeing Christ, spending eternity with Christ. Their only expectation is that of hell, of the lake of fire, separated for eternity without Christ. Turn with me to the book of 1 Timothy. And let's look and see what this hope is that we're, we are talking about here. 1 Timothy chapter 1, in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. What is, what is our hope? Jesus Christ is our hope. Jesus Christ is our expectation. I'm, I'm going to see him one day. I'm going to be with him one day. That is now our hope. Also in the book of Colossians the book of Colossians in chapter 1 and verse 5 for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven where 
ye, ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. You've heard the preaching of the gospel. You've heard the preaching of Jesus Christ. And he is our hope that is laid up for us in heaven, he says. That's our hope. I, I'm, and I get what they mean. I mean, yes, I'm going to see my father and my mother again. But, but I'm going to be minus those these those physical and earthly attachments that I had to, to my father, to spouse, whoever it may be that has passed on and gone before. I, but I am going to see them. I'm going to know them one day. But those physical attachments that we had down here, that physical love that we had down here, is going to be gone. We're going to love them as brothers and sisters in Christ. I believe we're going to know they were our earthly parents. But we're going to love them as brothers and sisters in Christ. Our expectation is to see Jesus. <laughs> um, oh, you see movies, you see songs written. Uh, uh, I my wife pointed out a song, Reba McIntyre just made in her expectation is get to heaven and see mama and she can converse with mama and talk to mama no that's not going to be where our desire is in heaven our desire in heaven is going hope our hope is jesus christ he's the one we want to see he's the one we want to set at his feet and learn of jesus christ is going to be the focal point in heaven. Verse 27. Verse 27 of this same chapter. <clears throat> to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. There's, there's our hope of glory. When we get to glory. When we get to heaven. We're in Christ. He's our, he's our lovely. He's our altogether lovely. He's the one that gave his life for us. That we might be redeemed. That we might have life. And spend it with him. Turn first John. First John in chapter three. This is a also a blessed passage of scripture describing what our hope is, what our expectation is, what our longing for is. First John chapter three and verse one. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, us that are born again, us that are in Christ, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. There again, like I so often do, does the world know you? In other words, does the world carry 
anything about you at all? This verse says, the hand ought to. Not if you're living as a child of God. They ought to care a thing about you. Beloved, now are we the sons of God right now. If you're in Christ, if you're born again, if you've been made alive, if you have life, right now you're the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be. It has not yet been made visible what we're going to be. We know it's going to be glorious. But we can't fathom it. But we know that when he shall appear, who? When Christ shall appear, where is he going to appear? It's not when he comes to this earth. It's when he appears in the heavens, when he appears in the sky and catches us away. What's the word catch away? What is one word that we use to describe catch away? The rapture. The rapture. In other words, when we say when we, say we believe in the rapture, we say and we believe in his catching us away. Taught in scripture. When he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope. There's our hope, folks. Our hope is the Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope is, is seeing him face to face. Our hope is, is being like him. Without sin. And every man that hath this hope, he does something. He purifies himself even as he is pure <laughs> in other words he strives and he works at making himself holy righteous before him at his appearing <laughs> you ever think of course not when we're, when we're committing sin we don't stop about what if the Lord came right now Next time you're tempted to sin. Next time Satan tempts you to sin. And you're mulling around. Think about Think about What if the Lord came? You don't know the hour of his coming. I don't know the hour of his coming. You want him to come? When you've fallen to that sin? I think not. <laughs> I think not. Poor Satan blind to that thought, doesn't he? He doesn't want us to think about that. <laughs> well, moving on. So, they're in an awful condition. Man's totally depraved. He was without any strength. He has no hope. Unless he's saved. Saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. And unless the Lord Jesus Christ has caused him to pass death to life, has caused him to hear and to believe 
to believe in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Book of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 21. Instructions to, to Joseph and Mary was, Thou shalt call his Jesus, which means Savior, saving one. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Yes, <laughs> Jesus is going to save his people from their sins. That's man's only hope. That's, that's the only, only strength we'll, we'll ever realize is the strength that's in Christ Jesus. John chapter 3. That well-known verse in verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him, the world of those that would believe through Him might be saved. Also, the book of Luke. The book of Luke. Chapter 2. So we've heard about God sending His Son. We've seen that, that He is coming and, and not to condemn the world, but to save. Luke chapter 2, in verse 11, verse that you've probably heard many times this time of year. Or many Christmas Eve services in so-called churches around our land are hearing these words today. Verse 11 of Luke chapter 2, the angels announcing, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, Savior. And he came to save. He came to save his people. That was his mission. That was his purpose. He came to save. The words of, from Jesus' own mouth in the 19th chapter of the book of Luke. 19th chapter of the book of Luke. Jesus said, For the Son of Man is come to what? To seek and to save that which was lost, that which was dead and trespasses and sins. They're lost. They're lost sheep. And he came to seek them out and to save them. John chapter 6. John 6. And verse. 37. Jesus speaking to Jews again. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Why? Because he came to save. And those that Come, those that the Father brings to, those that the Holy Spirit regenerates, alive. They come to Christ, and He doesn't cast any aside. He doesn't cast any 
away. Look at the 17th chapter. The 17th chapter in verse 2. And look what Jesus said here. Read it this morning at the close of service this morning. Speaking to the Father, He said, As thou hast given Him, the Son, power over all flesh, that He should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given Him. You see, man's only hope, then, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said again, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father by me, John 14, 6. In the book of Acts, chapter 4, 12, the apostles, Peter and John, preaching to the magistrates and to the people there, saying, if the name of Jesus, then no other name given among men whereby ye must be saved. It's the name of Jesus. Of course, the book of John 3 tells us that the Spirit, the Spirit gives life. The Spirit gives regeneration. The Spirit makes alive. It's the Spirit of Christ. It's the Spirit of God makes alive. Jesus, in verse 3 of chapter 3 of John says, Jesus answered and said unto him, and that is unto Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 5, he said, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. You're given life by the Spirit. Life to hear. Life to, to believe. Life to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. He cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Verse 8 tells us it's the Holy Spirit. He said, he said the wind bloweth where it wills. And you cannot see it. You hear the sound, but cannot see it. He said, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. The effects of the Spirit, you can see, just as you can see the effects of wind. Last week we had a lot of, a lot of wind, and it cleaned out a lot of the palms around. Had to drag some out to the road for rust pickup. But you, that was the effects of the wind. But couldn't tell where the wind came from and couldn't see it. But you could see the effects. And so it is with the Spirit of God, those He makes alive. You can see the effects. They hear and they believe and, and, and they have changed lives. And their lives are lives lived under the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John chapter 6 and verse 63, It is the Spirit that quickeneth. It is the Spirit that maketh alive. The flesh, the flesh profiteth nothing. He said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit. Did you get that? 
The words that I speak, the word of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ is accompanied with the Spirit of God. And that's what gives life to those dead in trespasses and sins. One last verse, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, the New Covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. <laughs> it's of the Spirit that we enter into this New Covenant. The Spirit for the letter killeth. The letter of the law is <laughs> The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. The Spirit, but the Spirit, he said, giveth life. The Spirit gives life. Jesus Christ saves them. Gives them eternal life. It's all of his Spirit. It's all of God, it's a work, blessed work of God. And that concludes our final studies in the fall and depravity of man. Lord willing, we'll begin to look at the sixth statement next week, the eternal purpose of God. What is God's eternal purpose? we look at that next week.